Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. This is the podcast that gets people waffling about their mental health, coping mechanisms, life's minor inconveniences, and the music that soundtracks it all. So join me as I open up shop and have a waffle. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The thought came into my head that I can't leave my mum widowed and sonless. And I thought, well, if I can't do that, then I've got to do something. Welcome to another episode of the Waffle Shop Podcast. It's another special one because it's face-to-face in the brand new studio and I'm joined by male transformation coach, coach, that's not even a word, coach and author, Ollie Pegg. Welcome to the Waffle Shop. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's been been nice to come and drive down to this new studio and uh, get to see what you're doing. So. To be fair, I need to say thank you for that because one, I get very like, oh, no, someone wants to talk to me and the fact that people are, <laughs> have travelled to come yeah. and see me and have a waffle, it's, it's quite special. Yeah, no, it's, it is really nice and it's really nice what you've done with yourself and um, we just had a little quick chat before we started and I've been watching you through when you started and I've, I think you had a couple hundred followers when I started following yeah. you, so... It, I've just sat here and just gone, right, this is what consistently turning up does. <laughs> but do you know what, saying that though, some of those days when I feel like throwing in the towel, I get that from your posts yeah. and like your kind of like your your rawness, like those kind of like, there's not many people that capture my attention when they do those like, you know, like those face to like camera videos. But for some reason, like, I listen to you. <laughs> so it's like those days when I'm like, oh, I can't be arsed. And it's like, get up. Get up, yeah. <laughs> get up and do something. And you're like, yes, yes, yeah. okay, I can do it. Well, yeah. some, days, some days are difficult. And some days you need to have the softly, gently approach. And some days you need just... They kick up the arse. Get up to it, yeah. <laughs> and this morning I was, I was with my fiancé and I was like, I've got, to go and, I've got to go and do another talk about myself. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> and I was like, 
But come on, big boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, this is what yeah, you need to there's, do. There's worse things to <laughs> yeah. talk about. So. Yeah, I've got to talk about my favourite subject, which is me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a craggy way to start. Um, but I do start each one of my shows with something called the weekly waffle, which, quite frankly, it gets on my nerves. But once I've spoken about it, it makes me feel that little tiny bit that it doesn't. I don't know what I need to think of a new segment really for the start of the show. Um, but once I've spoken about it, it supposedly makes me feel better. And the thing that's really winds me up is, you know, when you're, you're in a really bad mood or you're on the, just that kind of the edge of a bad mood, you're not quite in a bad mood, but you're in a, you're not in the good mood either. And yeah, like you get caught on the door handle. It never happens when you're in a good mood. It is always when you're in a bad mood or just on that tiny little kind of edge of good and bad mood. Why are you catching on the door handle? Like your, like your sleeve or something. Yeah, I probably should have explained that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my feet. Yeah. <laughs> no, like your jumper or like your t-shirt oh, okay. or like your elbow. Yeah. Or, and it's just like, I don't know if it ever happens when you're in a good mood. Yeah, but do you think that process is, you're, you're away, you're out the door, you get caught you're in a frustrated bad mood you get caught on the door handle then you got to turn around and go ah that's something telling me that i need to slow down and be more present oh see this is why this is a good segment <laughs> <laughs> this is why i can't let it go yeah <laughs> yeah okay see this is the this is the thing like when i talk about these things it turns out <laughs> i'm the problem well <laughs> i mean most of our problems are our own yeah so we are like i could talk about like every person's problem is a perception of their internal thought process wow okay so if it's like this is why we react different to different situations and why people get strong views on politics while other people get strong views on football yeah because it's their priorities inside them so the problem is always within the person wow see See, I, I kind of want to ask you now, like, what, what winds you up? <laughs> what winds me up? Right. Before you said this, before you, before we did the show, you were like, right, I do the segment. I was like, I know, yeah, it's about wind up. I've got a suitcase full. Right. So I was there. I was in the moment. I was like, right, I'm going to, I'm currently training for a triathlon. Amazing. Um, I've just got a road bike and I hate cyclists. Like arrogant cyclists um, that the, wear the full lycra gear and they take up all the road and they think the road is theirs and everything like that. So I've now got myself a bike and I've got myself some lycra and I've been doing, I've done two training bike rides. Yeah. And I've realized that you can be a nice cyclist. You um, hear that? So <laughs> you can be so a nice cyclist. So when you're going around a like, country bend and you can see ahead of the car, you can wave them past. Yeah. And when you're at a roundabout, you can go all the way around the roundabout so they can take the inside lane and they appreciate it and stuff yeah. like that. So now even more than ever, when I see an arrogant cyclist cycling on the road, I'm like, you don't have to do that. <laughs> it's like one of those things, isn't it? Like when you smile at old people just to let them know you're one of the good ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like you're now that but in the yeah, cyclist yeah. version. Yeah, I've been a cyclist. I know that you don't have to be like that, but yeah, you're still being like yeah. that. And uh, so that winds me up. And then something happened yesterday morning. On my morning routine, I go and... Uh, do a video for social media, as yes. you, you see, and I then go and get a coffee. And um, I was in a coffee shop uh, 
Do we name drop places? Yeah, yeah. I was in a Nero coffee shop. Oh, well, it's trash. The, <laughs> it's the only coffee shop where I live that opens before eight o'clock, which I think is outrageous. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it opens at half seven, so that's a good time for me. Um, but there's normally two baristas behind there, and there was only one, and it was a bit busy. And um, this girl, she's a young girl. She looked like she was really struggling with the queue. And this woman came in, and she goes, I've ordered through the app. Where's my coffee? And she goes, I'm too busy yeah like i've not had chance to look at look at um the online the orders, online orders. um my work colleagues rang in sick and this woman was like outraged that her coffee through the app wasn't ready wasn't ready so um so yeah now i've got a fucking knit in my hat about blumming why people buy coffees on apps when one of the perfect joys is watching someone prepare a coffee yeah. and, and like getting the milk ready and pouring it in i was like you're just you're now doing that on an app it's like this is true i'm going to like flip it on its head and go and i go deep like what you did with my waffle is that it's the kind of instant gratification isn't it like everybody wants everything now or yeah. yesterday yeah. and it's, there's no patience amazon anymore. prime mentality yeah yeah exactly yeah and i think that's a, quite a lot of the biggest thing that came from the pandemic was that kind of instant like i want it now yeah but there's apps are good for certain situations yeah. buying coffee is it's not, not a place <laughs> <laughs> prove me wrong <laughs> get in touch <laughs> yeah. let's dive into like your journey then so obviously we've, we've connected quite a lot on social media and like i said before like I, I love like your message and stuff and like the you, you pack a punch and you can tell it comes from a place of experience and like just not wanting other people to feel the same way that you did kind of thing or the way that you do um how did this kind of journey start for you to get to the stage you are now so right now um i coach men um in lifestyle transformation um normally getting a handle on their mental health and aligning it with their physical health um but i suppose my journey my journey in transformation started uh just over three and a half years ago um i was 30 years old and i realized that i had a problem with alcohol and um and when i said a problem with alcohol it wasn't i was having too many sherries on christmas day or anything like that it yeah. was it was destructive um i'd lost driving licenses i'd been arrested a couple of times i'd had been in toxic relationships for all the way through my 20s and um and i've never really been able to drink alcohol responsibly and moderately or anything like that and it came to a head um and i was at a suicidal place and um i knew that i had to do something about yeah. it and um so in the november of 2019 i went and joined a 12-step fellowship um, incredible and it still gives me goosebumps now because yeah. like i remember i remember the sorry state i was in and like to compare my life to now than what it was yeah. back then it's like a life beyond my wildest dreams that i never even like would ever think of happening like oh yeah let's just hook up and do a podcast i'm just like 
yeah, whatever. And and not only that, to come in and just be like, yeah, whatever goes, whatever goes. Yeah. Like before I had to control every situation. I used to need to know where all my fixes were. I need to manipulate yeah. people to get them to do what I want them to do and all yeah. things like that. So I mean, like, there's an element of freedom now yeah. that has come with this journey. Total. And, you know, I came, I went into alcohol recovery thinking I just had a problem, problem with drinking and I needed to, uh, don't get me wrong, stopping drinking completely changed my life for the better. But yeah. after a couple of months, I realized that alcohol was my medicine, that I was self, self-distributing to myself. So yeah. I didn't feel anxiety i didn't feel emotional pain i just blacked it out and escaped through alcohol and um and what really opened my eyes was that um they say where i go they say a very very common saying is uh, when you stop drink the good thing about stopping drinking is you get your emotions back the bad thing about stopping drinking is you get your emotions back because you've got to feel wow. them all and you've got to process them in a way that isn't destructive and um and the more and more that i go into sobriety through my 12-step program the more and more i've realized how emotionally unmanageable a lot of other people especially men are because we especially in when we were being brought up we were brought up into not showing that much emotion not opening up um you you put on this hard exterior and you just go through life and you know i never thought i was an alcoholic because i used to have material things around me i used to have money in the bank i used to have a job i've never been unemployed and i was on the dole once when i was 18 for two weeks and that was my choice but i soon got a job and all these things was like i didn't drink every day and people would expect an alcoholic to drink every yeah. day and I never had that. I just went it's on a weird binge. with that, isn't it? With like, there's even a stigma around what an alcoholic looks like. Yeah. Um, not looks like, but like kind of like all the aspects of it. Like you would expect an alcoholic to drink every day. So it's quite, to be fair, well, thank you obviously for, for, for sharing it to, to start off with. But it's really interesting to hear because my view of an alcoholic would be like someone who drinks every day and like doesn't look after themselves. Whereas it sounds like, you know, you were still working, you had, you know, all the good things that any yeah. functioning person has, but it was still that kind of crutch. Yeah. So, so I was like, I was fit and healthy when I was drinking, you know, I used to go gym Monday to Friday, but as soon as Friday afternoon comes, I was, yeah, I was out on the session and while I was drinking, I did amazing things. I represented Great Britain in Dragon Boating wow um i walked the camino de santiago pilgrimage across spain like i was still drinking but i was using like at the end of the training sessions in the dragon boating and yeah. stuff like that i was using drink as my escape of the emotions yeah and, you know i used to beat myself up because i wasn't as quick as the top person in the team yeah. so i just used to drink on that and you know you get you see it a lot in footballers they finish football and then they're hitting the bottle mm. or when they're in like gazers the perfect perfect kind of Paul Gascoigne if no one's a footballer is a perfect kind of demographic of yeah. that um and but all those things me completing all those things also told me when I was in the depths that I'm not an alcoholic because I've done all those well, things. well I guess there was quite a lot of like you said like these things that are 
like bucket list things yeah. for like some people. Um, there's obviously a lot of highs that are attached to that. Well, I can't possibly be an alcoholic because I'm functioning at this rate that I'm like doing these incredible hikes. I'm doing these like pilgrimages, like, you know, I'm racing. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. But not, not, not necessarily. And that's, and that's, and that's where the alcohol came in because I had these massive highs. I mean, I got the bronze when I was dragon boat racing for great Britain, we had the European championships in Rome. We went out there, the team got a bronze medal, and then it was the after party and ceremony. I can't remember the after party because I was wow. just that blackout drunk. Wow. How many years have you been sober now? Uh, I've been sober three years, eight months. So, and, you know, in, in that time in sobriety, one thing that I made sure that I kept on top of very early on was my fitness yeah. um, because I saw, like, when I was doing the pilgrimage in my past, when I was doing the dragon boating, when I was training for runs and everything, when I was drinking, mm. it helped me digest and process a lot of things internally. Yeah. So like, since I've been sober, I've run marathons, I've done ultra marathons. I'm now training for a triathlon. Eventually I think I'm going to do an Ironman. Yeah. Uh, but it's finding time for it. Um, because I've got so much things happening in my life now and and building a coaching platform yeah. where I can help men and writing a book that still hasn't got a title. <laughs> but that but that book then goes into the not spoken about things that yeah. kind of happening in recovery of alcoholism. It's more of kind of a journey of where I'm at, that book. And so far it's gonna touch on things like the loneliness you feel when yeah. your friendship groups change. And the isolation part of that you go through, and then, you know, I'm engaged now, which is the best thing that's ever happened in my life and sobriety. And um, but going into a new relationship, sober dating, sober yeah. sex, all ah, the feelings that okay, get all yeah. entailed in that—that that is just. Was there a part of you that? felt like you couldn't function unless there was alcohol involved when it came to those kind of, I guess, I don't want to say basic emotions because I don't think any emotion is basic, but kind of like the relationship, the dating, sex, like that like you felt like you needed alcohol to kind of Confidence. get through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dutch courage. And I think it's so ingrained in our society that you go for a couple of drinks on a date yeah. and get to know someone over a couple of drinks. Yeah. And like, and that's the way I thought that you met people. And we're like, when I met my partner now, we went on walks and we did it the traditional way. Yeah. And things happened within me in that because we were doing everything properly. And I'd, I'd just been celibate for a period of time because yeah. like I needed it to work on myself. And, and we went on a walking date. And then I think third day in, I held a hand for the first time. And I was like, this is fucking incredible. Yeah. And and then I'll tell you a story. Um, I think it was the third day after I held her hand, um, she dropped me back home because I'd lost my driving license at this point. I was still paying the fine and the ban. And um, she, she, I knew she wanted to kiss me and I wanted to kiss her, but I bottled it because I was nervous because it was new because I'd never felt all these strong connection emotions yeah. to someone. And I darted out the car 
And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like, if this is being sober, I don't know if I want to be sober. <laughs> I'm like, like, ringing, ringing my friends that are in recovery. I'm like, what is this doing to me? Like, I used to be a bit of a Jack the Lad with the boy, with the girls. Um, I used to be this Jack the Lad. I used to be confident, cocky, arrogant, be this dominant kind of male yeah. in the bath. And, and now I just can't even kiss <laughs> a girl. I imagine it kind of really destroys like a belief system that, like you said earlier on, has been ingrained in us from past generations on TV, movies. So I'm, I'm like props to you, mate, because it's I can't imagine that would have been easy to break all that kind of belief system down. No, and and that's the thing, and um, it's the hardest thing that I ever did. Um, for me, the hardest thing wasn't stopping drinking. Yeah. The hardest thing was staying stopped. Um, like I, because I wasn't a daily drinker and I wasn't dependent on alcohol for my body functions. Yeah. Like stopping drinking, I knew that I could stop for a period of time, like a week or two weeks or something yeah. like that. But I, knew, I used to get those urges where it's like, right, the fuck it buttons coming, yeah. and it would just be like, bang, right, Ollie's on a session. And what I needed to do early on in the first four or five months of my recovery was become very aware that that's what my tendencies were. And I used to let things build up, build up, build up, build up, not sometimes consciously, sometimes unconsciously. And then they build up and they'll be like, the fuck it buttons come in. But instead of pressing that is right. What do I need to do? What habits do I need to do? Where do I need to go? What do I, what, how can I get myself out of this bucket button sensation mm-hmm. in my head? And, um, and through time and patience and understanding and self-work and reflecting on all my life and everything like that, it's got to a stage now where I don't have an urge to ever really go and drink. Like not drinking alcohol isn't a problem for me yeah. anymore. Living life on life's terms that's 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 still as it's come up into yeah. this, but it's getting better and is there um you know as when you as you're navigating life and like you know there's always like weddings christenings like all these kind of like birthdays um does sobriety come with a level of peer pressure um well it's funny you should say that uh a couple of weeks ago i went on my first sober stag do 12 lads i was the only one that wasn't yeah. on the piss um, down in Newquay surfing and then they all night out and everything like that. And I, I'd never put myself in that environment with my old friends where they're all on the session, um, as lads do. And I never put myself in that kind of environment. I was never kind of self-assured enough to do it before this, this stag do. And because there was surfing involved and everything like that, I thought, well, in the day, everyone's going to be surfing anyway. So I'll be all right then. It'll just be the night. So I was like, right, I'll go for it. And um, I got, I was all a bit nervous before, as you would be, because lads are lads and mm. you play everything forward in your head before it actually happens. And I went on this stag do and it was a Friday night and they'd all been on the beers on the train on the way there and everything like that. And we sat at this bar. I was having my Coke. Everyone else was having a drink. And they were all just chatting in between themselves. I was chatting and I just took like, five minutes to look around and thought, Ollie, you're not that fucking important. 
like all these people that are like, oh, they're going to make me do that. They're going to make me do this. Like the peer pressure it's it's a inward self thing. Like they, you think that they're going to do that to you, but really a lot of the time you're not that fucking important and they couldn't give a shit that you're not drinking as long as they are. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's probably the best answer that you could have done that. I feel like you can relate that to like pretty much every aspect of your life as well. Um, I want to touch on the book um, because, and the the reason why this is fresh in my mind is because I recently edited an episode of 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 an artist who has just kind of released their album and through the whole writing process, they didn't have a title for the album. They had all these notes and they had all like the chapter, not chapters, that's a book, all these got the song titles and stuff like that. And it wasn't until like very, very last minute they were like, ah, okay, that's, that's the title. Mm. So it's kind of like, is there now that you're writing the book, a similar theme of like, okay, because I imagine when you're kind of looking back and going over like the old ground and kind of with the emotions and how you were at that certain time, I imagine it branches off into a lot of different kind of spaces. Yeah. And it branches off into, as I say, like sober sex, sober dating. And then it also, like I didn't realize until I was, when I got to two years sober, I just celebrated my two years sober anniversary. Um, we're away on holiday it was our first holiday together with my partner and we're away in Mexico and I got back from there and um I suddenly started getting anxiety attacks first time in my life wow. and I was there in my head thinking like I'm sober why am I feeling like this yeah. like I shouldn't be getting anxiety attacks now I'm, I'm doing the work and it's that whole life of going all right, you've stopped one thing, but other, that doesn't mean something else isn't coming walking through the back door and and that kind of thing. So going through the book and kind of telling my story and saying what it was like and what early recovery was like and then things that come up, yeah, it's it's just, it could go on forever. Yeah. And um, and that's the joy of it. And, you know, I started, I started coaching, my coaching platform in... 2020 and the only reason ollie peg becoming you came up is because i was invited on a podcast i've been posting for like a week and someone said do you want to come on our podcast it was in canada i was like yeah and i was sitting there and i was like how are people going to get in touch with me i don't have a facebook page i don't have a company (laughs) name i don't have anything like i was like right what do i do i thought and you couldn't go to the gym then. So I was like, right, went yeah, lockdown. Yeah. Big year. <laughs> yeah. So I went, I went to the shed, started doing some sit-ups and pull-ups and started doing some dumbbell curls. And I was like, I need a name, I need a name, I need a name. Within about a minute of just like just going, right, just have a bit of space. Like Ollie Peg becoming you, becoming the real honest you. I was like, bingo. Yeah. Went in. 20 minutes before that podcast, I was like, how can I contact you? Well, my Facebook page. (laughs) (laughs) Straight in there. So so with the title of the book, I'm hoping that either a title is going to come up while I'm writing it, or I'll just have to work out for like 20 minutes when I finished it and go, that's the title of the book and just stick with that. So, but I think something will come to me. I don't know. Of course it will. I mean, look what kind of like you've overcome already. 
and it's like even like with the instagram handles and like your, the business name and stuff like i think it will it'll be when you least expect it with yeah. that kind of thing that'll be like uh it will all kind of make yeah but i don't want some like corny shit like <laughs> the journey through sobriety by ollie peg or something like that I'm, it's gonna be something In that voice. Yeah, it's gonna be something that relates to me like budgie smuggler yeah. warrior or something well, like that. this was a topic of conversation it's like have you always been a budgie smuggler? i don't know where i was going that where obviously for anyone who doesn't know they they should know what should budgie know. smugglers are um many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Essentially Speedos, yeah. I guess. It's just yeah. always, always been a fan of the Bridgie Smuggler. I wasn't. It's I don't even think that was a question. I, it's, something, <laughs> it's something I took on in sobriety. And I thought, if I'm confident to wear a pair of Bridgie yeah. Smugglers as a man, then I've got pretty high levels yeah. of confidence. And then um, me and my friend, uh, we went to Tenerife and we were walking down the, like near the beach in Tenerife. And he goes, women don't have a problem with this, do they? I was like, what's that? He goes, it's the men. And it's the, when you're wearing budgie smugglers, it's the other men's eyes that look at you and go, what a prick. Yeah. And the reason they're saying what a prick is because what a prick is what I can't do. Yeah. I don't have the confidence. That's so true. Because it is that kind of, and to be fair, you can, uh, you can apply this to like so many different avenues and aspects of your life, but people are so quick to judge. And nine times out of 10, it's because you're doing something that they wish they could. Because they're the problem. Yeah. Like yeah. Said at the start. start. Yeah. God. You're good at this, aren't you? Oh, well, <laughs> I should make a career out of it. <laughs> but how, how important is it for you then? Because obviously, you know, you've, you know, you've, you've done the sobriety thing, you've the, the alcohol, like the mental health. How important is it for you now to help others so from early on um as well as working the 12-step recovery program that i work daily um i think i got to about seven months sober and i thought right there's as much as this program's helped me that there's other avenues that i need to kind of yeah. go down so um i started doing life coaching courses and working my way up and and I was start. I mainly started coaching fitness and nutrition and stuff like that. So I did a lot of um, fitness coaches, mentorships, and everything like that as well. And and um, 
one thing that came out of one of the coaches is um, Paul Moore, if you know Paul Moore. Yes, is, yeah, he's been yeah. on the podcast. Has he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there yeah. you go. I must still remember that podcast actually. Actually, the reason why it's so prolific for me is because I'd been away somewhere and I didn't take sun cream, and I literally <laughs> like a completely different person. <laughs> so yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> so I was doing I was doing one of his coaching courses, mm. and it kind of really emphasised what your values are as a person, and I was like, well like the the majority one that came back is kind of the reason I learned so much is so I'll pass it on. Yeah. Like you get different kind of people and some people learn for their self and it's like to be knowledgeable and then some people learn to pass it on. And one of my things is the reason I learn, the reason I listen to podcasts, the reason I do coaching courses, the reason why I just immerse myself in as much knowledge as I can, read books, all that kind of thing is because you know, I do all different coaching courses and then I put it together in my head and I think, right, oh, that looks really good. But I don't reinvent the wheel when I coach. Yeah. I just do, done a lot of different research and a lot of different courses where I've just gone, that's a nice bit, that's a nice bit, that's a nice bit, that's a nice bit. That's my coaching program yeah. done. But then that's, <laughs> yeah, but that's life though as well, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Because it's like, it's not a one size fits all. So if you're pulling from like past experiences and stuff that you know, like makes a difference and know how impactful it can be. Like it's almost like you're building like a Lego house and these kind of foundations to allow someone to be like the strongest version of themselves, the best version of themselves. So it's like, I think it's probably the best way to do it, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. And the way, the way I learn the best is not by listening to, to one person and just follow that one person. I learn the best from listening to, all different people and putting what what works for me yeah so you know you get you get some people that sign up to coaching programs for years and years and years and have that same mentor that they just learn off whereas for me uh, i need to do different loads of people yeah. work with loads of people and then like it just because i finish one course doesn't mean i'm going to stop learning and that's my education done it just means i'm waiting for another coach to come along that yeah. i like what he's got and think Right, I'm gonna go so, and jump on you. It's like a, like what is it? Self development pick and mix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and when people come, like I've got a three month coaching program, and I don't expect if they want to carry on after that three months, then fair enough. But I put so much passion and energy into a three month coaching program that, like, all right, you've learned as much as you can off me. Yeah. Go and find <laughs> someone else. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that's quite topical at the moment um, in my life is this idea of change and how we have such like a negative look on people changing or things changing or, you know, whatever it might be, they might be like a, you know, fear of change and by the anxieties around it. Whereas I get a real sense from you, from obviously hearing kind of like aspects of your journey um, and even like what I can see like across your social channels is that things need to change, but we're never going to kind of get to where we need to be, or we're not going to become who we are supposed to be or who we want to be if we don't change things. What's your kind of opinion on the like the whole change question? Um, it depends how happy you are. Yeah. 
Because if you're not happy and you don't change anything, then you're never going to be happy. Because I can't remember who does a quote. I should have researched that. Hit. That, <laughs> that nothing, hit high nothing, that did. <laughs> if nothing changes, nothing changes. So if you don't change anything, you're just going to carry on doing yeah. the same shit. So if you're willing to then start making changes, and I'm not talking like drastically change everything about your life in one massive go, because yeah. then you'll get overwhelmed, you'll get anxiety, it might not work, so you'll sink into depression. All those emotions, that's what happens. But if you implement like one small thing consistently, build on it, build on it, build on it, and just gradually keep doing small changes, then you're you're going to then develop into the person you want to do. Mm. And not every day is going to allow you to make a change constantly. Like it's not, you're going to have to still live life while you're making a change. Mm. So it's about how can you drip feed it in? And, and I think that's the biggest thing is people just think, right. In my head, people could think, right, everything's going completely shit. Instead of just going, well, that area of my life's all right for now. That area of my life's all right for now. That area of my life's all right for now. This one is my most crucial part that I need to change. I can live with those three. I'll change that one. And then that'll generally lift the mood and the other changes will be easier to do. Yeah. But it's just a case of, right, everything's going wrong. I need to change everything completely. And that's that Amazon Prime mentality. That's instant gratification i mean i'm gonna have in three years time i'm gonna have three years worth of more knowledge if i've not changed in a person with three years more knowledge and understanding of what i'm doing and the craft and coaching and everything like that then it's just not possible is it uh, it's almost like if i haven't changed in three years time i've done something wrong yeah because life happens. Yeah. How important, and because obviously one of the biggest things I mentioned it before we started recording that I take away from like your social channels and stuff like that is the kind of the power of habits. You know, everyone has a bad habit, like regardless of who you are, that everyone has that one thing that kind of they probably shouldn't do because they know it doesn't like make them feel good, but we do it anyway. Like I think it's a very human thing. From a coaching point of view, what advice would you give to someone on how to build a good habit? Keep it in the day. Oh, okay. If you want a long, sustainable habit, don't think that I've got to do this habit for the rest of my life. Ah. Just, I need to do this today. Maybe repeat it tomorrow if it's still working. And if it's still working, then repeat it the next day. And if I forgot it yesterday, I better double make sure yeah. that I do it today. But that, I think that's the issue is like when it comes to like weight loss and diet and stuff like that. And I coached a lot around that. And the clients that I coached then were like, I need to lose 10 stone. And I was like, well, can we start with a pound? Yeah. And then once you get a pound, then just go, right, well, can we just repeat that? And it's that habit of going, I need to, well, say drinking, I need to stop drinking. I'm drinking every day. It's causing an effect. I need to stop drinking. So you think, right, I'm not going to drink for the rest of my life. I was like, well, how about just not drinking today? And then if that works, try it again tomorrow. So the little wins. Yeah, yeah. And I, 
I'm an advocate for celebrating little wins and like it's something that I got taught way early on in my recovery and when we were to speak to people about gratitude and wins and in coaching courses I've done it's another thing that's come up like always celebrate your little wins and, and every night I write five things that I've done in the day because uh, another podcast host, Chris Williamson, you've probably seen his video yeah, yeah. Uh, where he talks about confidence is not shouting affirmations in the mirror. It's about creating that undeniable truth that you have in front of you and prove. It's the facts. You can't argue yeah. with the facts. So if I'm there going struggling, going, it's Sunday, and I'm like, oh, I've got another week to go. What did I do last week? I'll look back on my planner for the week, and I've got 21 wins or... 30 wins. I'm going, well, quite successful, yeah. really. Let's carry on going. Then. Is that what drives you now? Because I imagine there's past versions of you that were almost screaming to kind of, I mean, look, I'm only saying this from personal experience. I'm kind of putting words into your mouth. But there's definitely been past versions of Taylor where I can look back on now and be like, it was like I could hear like an internal voice screaming kind of for help that I've just kind of ignored. But then there'd be days, where, especially when I look back on my journal or when I'm, you know, doing like today's entry, for example, that I'm like, do you know what? At that point, I didn't think I was going to get through that. Whereas now I'm looking back at it and thinking, do you know what? Fair play. Mm. Yeah. Um, don't really know what. I'm... I always have the fear of going backwards. Um, I'm riddled with the fear of, like, I have a healthy fear about drinking. Yeah. And, like, I use that to my advantage more than everything. Um, and I have a fear that I never want to go back to that back to that place, similar to what you were saying. But, And I use that a lot. Um, but my, my drive forward now is, like, even though I suffer ridiculous amounts with imposter syndrome and yeah. fear of failure, um, but that's just my insecurities and that's something that I carry on working, working on. Um, my biggest drive now is like, I can't quite believe in three and a half years how much my life's turned around and I've got a lovely fiance and I've got very exciting things happening in the future. And she's told me not to say it, but we've had an offer accepted on a house and all that kind yes. of things happening. And um, I don't know if I should have just, not say that but anyway we've we said can it. Edit out <laughs> it's just a beautiful we, podcast. Yeah, you, can, you can say we can edit out but we're not going to edit that out <laughs> um we've had an offer accepted on a house and you know we've got like as hard as it is sometimes just doing that trudge and going like right just keep on going keep on mm. going i'm looking at what i'm building i've got like who knows what's going to happen yeah. in the future but right now my main drive is to be this kind of equal partner in a relationship that communicates when he needs to do work on himself and can help her in her career and everything like that and and I think where I used a lot of my fear of failure before it's now we have this relationship where our drive is to us as a unit moving forward and it's kind of it's only something that's really come out in the past six months or so yeah. where I've noticed it more and more and, and my passion and my drive and my spearheadedness and 
my determination to go and keep on consistently turning up and everything like that is because I want to be the partner that she appreciates and values. I want, if I'm lucky enough in future to have kids or anything like that, I want to see that the dad's, that's like, yeah, he had his shit times in life, but, but you didn't give at, up. Yeah. Now you look at him. Like, yeah, he's a raging alcoholic, but he's sober now. Yeah. And now look at him and think of all the people you're helping. And, and it mate, it's inspiring. Yeah. One of the biggest things that I'm taking from this and we, from pretty much every conversation I have on this show is that the pain became the purpose and it almost kind of got to that stage where you hit rock bottom. But when mm. we got to that rock bottom, the only way was up. Like we didn't give up. We kept going. Mm. If there is someone listening to this now who may be at the rock bottom, mm. what advice would you give them? There's always further to go down. Wow. We can always say that we're at rock bottom. And I could and I said I was at rock bottom and and um and then there's another rock bottom below it. So you can either sit at the rock bottom state or it gets worse and worse and worse. And, you know, I like suicide and everything is like the lowest, like rock bottom kind of state. But even in suicide, and I hear people committing suicide and, and I just think how brave and even things like that, like, yeah, to be able to do that. Like, I there was a time in my life where I didn't want to live, but I was too afraid of committing suicide. Wow, and I've because I didn't have it in me to say, like, I'm gonna go and do it. And I, I and just hear people that go off that they committed suicide instead of you know, you get people going, Oh, what a selfish prick, easy no. way out, and everything like that. I'm thinking. What a brave ass motherfucker yeah. to do that. You hear that, don't you? From like, um, I don't know, from like stories and like people who like talk about it like so openly is that it's almost they become like the happiest versions of themselves mm. once that decision has been made. But to help someone out of the rock bottom state, what is what is the number one root cause of your problems? Mm. That's the first thing I'd, I'd ask them. They say, Ollie, I'm at rock bottom. What can I do? I say, what, what is the number one root of your problems? Because mm -hmm. until you identify your number one issue, and don't just be manby pambry and go, all life. Because it's not all life. Yeah. It's the one thing. Like for me, what's the number one thing that's affecting you? Well, it was drink. Right. Well, the first thing you do is you go and find support for drink. Um, if it's... I don't know, anxiety or something like that. Well, it's the anxiety. Well, either talk to a coach that talks about anxiety, go to a doctor's, go and see support for the health condition. Is it anxious thinking or is it anxiety attacks? Like you've got to really knit down and be specific of specific. That's the C. Specific. I didn't even, literally, I, was literally, <laughs> I was literally clinging on to yeah, every word you, you were saying to, then. You've like. got, you got to go into your root down and like shred shred away like right what is that number one number one thing that i need to get a handle on right now that's going to improve my life the most and then as soon as you get that and you know what it is mm. you've got something to work towards mate you are i think out of these face-to-face -face ones that i've done i think this one is really kind of 
probably inspired me the most because it's just it's just proof that we can do anything like the only thing we can't do is give up yeah and i think you literally if you were to put that in a dictionary with a face next to it i think your face would be in the not that you put pictures in the dictionary or whatever it is <laughs> could be the first face in the oxford dictionary now you're playing with my egomania and i'm just sitting there thinking huh. <laughs> no, but it's true and you know what? i'm a i'm a huge champion for like anyone who goes through those kind of like the difficulties and because it's so easy to kind of sit in the rock bottom or sit in that kind of mode of like well this is life this is just the way it's going to be now forever and there's something incredibly powerful in identifying those things and allowing yourself to see those things regardless of what it is as the problem and going like actually i deserve more than this like i want more than this and to challenge that i know it's not difficult i mean no it is difficult and it's not easy is what i'm trying to say but there's just it's just that kind of like that fire and i think it's so inspiring that it's even I'm, I'm grateful to even have that kind of conversation with someone because that's what really turned things around for me it was listening to someone else's journey and listening to like their struggle and then not not being that well this is it like i'm just going to settle for this now like no fuck that need more want more like and it's okay to you know go after these things there was it what was, was the turning point if you don't mind obviously check. um because i got it got to a point where i really really wanted to commit suicide and so my dad um was 62 years old and he died of a sudden heart attack uh, in 2016 it was a couple of months after i got the bronze medal mm. um and um, I'd been out on a normal weekend and I'd already been suicidal and things mm. like that. And the turning point for me, I was lying in my piss and my sick in a bed um, for 48 hours. I was lying there and I was going to commit suicide. And then the thought came into my head that I can't leave my mum widowed and sonless. Mm. And I thought, well, if I can't do that, then I've got to do something. Something, And that was, well, I was like, I can't drink. So that was it. I have so much respect for you. Like that can't have been easy to even go through, let alone just say that out loud. Is there, is there a point of you that thinks, you know what, I'm, you, you, you must feel proud. Mm, I feel yeah. I feel immensely proud, and I'm I'm the worst, world's worst at taking a compliment. <laughs> like, I just go all funny I'm yeah. like, because someone, and this is something that I still have to deal with. And people can pay me a compliment, and in my head I go, yeah, but you don't know the real me. Yeah, and that's the mental health aspect that I yeah. and the imposter syndrome and everything like that. Like, oh, that Ollie's a really nice guy. I was like, you didn't see me five years ago. <laughs> but at the same time that version of ollie from five years ago doesn't exist yeah anymore. i know yeah but it's still it's that's that's where i, still I guess need, for you yeah, yeah yeah that's that's for me is where i still need to oh the, that ollie is doing really well he's helping loads of people i'm like yeah 
<laughs> I feel like I'm talking to a mirror. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. And it's, it's difficult yeah. to navigate, isn't Look, it? It's Taylor. Like... Yeah, Taylor, top <laughs> podcast host. Yeah, Look, well, just... Taylor's just left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just bored out of his own studio. That, I need to. I need to get better. Something that I need to improve on is get better at accepting appraisals and get better at understanding how far yeah. I've come and everything like that. But I also have quite a big ego uh, if you didn't tell um as i don't yeah feel like... it's something that i also have to give keep in check with so as much as i have to praise myself i also can't pat myself on the back so hard that it breaks my own arm yeah because uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm 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 a two feet first kind of person yeah. if i'm praising myself it's the, the highest order and if i'm like going in on myself it's also at the lowest order it's no just like subtle, oh, well done, you did well there. It's like, you were fantastic. <laughs> like, I was getting the car to go back home. I was like, you, basically, mate, who, who the bloody hell's the diary of the CEO? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, diary of Ollie. Yeah, what is modern wisdom? <laughs> like, all, all, all that thing. And I'll be there doing that. And then I'll get, and then suddenly I'll go, oh, yeah, but you're, you're just a fucking alcoholic. You've just fucking done this. Yeah. And, and I'll just be then for one extreme. No, suddenly let's like balance out emotions. Yeah. It's just like highest high, lowest low. And then whatever goes up comes down yeah. and then it'll balance out. And I'll just go back to the spin. Then. Yeah. If there is, if there's anyone kind of listening who wants to know more about you or even wants to obviously work with you from a coaching point of view where can they find you um so i'm all over instagram and tiktok um and my handle is at ollie underscore peg uh that's with a double g and my facebook page is ollie peg becoming you and if you go to the link in my bio on my instagram or go on my facebook page and i also write really good daily emails every single day as another part of my habits um so yeah sign on to them and then i have loads of stuff going on in there as well honestly you have been probably up there one of the most inspirational people that i've spoken to purely just from, from a selfish kind of because i feel like there's certain aspects of like the mental health journey that i really kind of really feel from you and i think that's why i listen to you when you do those kind of like videos and stuff thank you so much for joining me for a waffle thank you and it's been an absolute pleasure and i'm glad that i didn't ask to come on your waffle when you were doing it online so i could come and experience yeah. your studio. i mean i could have asked to come on here over the past three years but i saw a proper studio hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com upgrade. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You've been listening to the Waffle Shop podcast with me, Taylor James. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and even leave a review. It means the world to me. See you soon.